Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Janelle Wilson. She's a chemical engineer turned real estate investor. She has built up an eight-figure portfolio, and she's done it in a lot of different creative ways. I think what you're going to get most uh, beyond just some great tips and strategies throughout the whole episode, you know, we really weaved in and talked a lot about mastering relationship building. So we talk a lot about that, but not just talk about it, but actually give you examples and opportunities to really like look at yourself and say, okay, how do I do this in what in a way that works for me? Uh, because we all know how important building relationships are. I think Janelle's story is so, so inspiring and impressive because she got started in a not ideal scenario whatsoever. And you gotta hear all the things that she went through. And then she, you know, tapped out. And many, uh, many of us, we get to the point where we're like, okay, uh, how other people are still building their portfolio. So if that's you, if you reach your, your limited for, for lenders, you got to ask the question, how other people are still building their portfolio? And the key is like levering relationships with your lenders, with your partners, with your tenants. And really taking care of people. And she's a master on, on this type of relationships. And I really recommend you for, especially for the introverts out there like me, this is one episode that can really narrow down how you were able to build a very successful portfolio. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investhercon.com and use the promo code 100 podcast to get $100 off your ticket. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we are all about uh, what gives us life and, and passion is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. Balance gets a bad rap these days, but we want to keep talking about balance because it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it, it's whatever works for me, whatever works for you, not necessarily the same equal no. amount. And that is that is that is the key. We we work different times of the day. And I, I said to my son and to my family another day, I was like, I don't really care the name of the, the day of the week. If it is Monday, Saturday, Sunday, that doesn't mean much. Uh, to me, you, when I look at it, it's like, okay, Monday to Friday sounds to me like a quote unquote nine to five kind of theory. And I want to live life where I don't know what day is today. And I don't really care. I like that. I like that. Uh, without further ado, Janelle Wilson, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for sharing your story with us. We're going to jump into that in, in about a moment because I want to give a quick little story. But thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited. I feel honored. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Janelle's got a fascinating background. I'm I'm always selfishly so, I love what we do, Andressa, right? Because I just love getting insight and, and experience from these just rock star women uh, doing amazing things. So um, I'm just very honored to, to be able to do this. So ha- happy to have you on today. Um, for those who are joining us for the first time, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you and appreciate your time very much. We don't take that lightly. 
We like to get to it as fast as we can. Uh, we're not we're not BSers, if you will, <laughs> but we do like to share um, Andressa like we always do. We like to kind of kick things off with one quick story yeah. to give you some, I don't know, bring it into your life, whether it's serving the real estate investing need, business need, or just self-care or just like, you know, what comes up in life. So I have this week. Um, and what's going on with you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a really quick relationship building tip. Okay. Okay. So really quick story. Um, I was away this past week and we had our, our Strive members um, event, uh, which was amazing, but I was away. And um, so my husband <laughs> decides to have a bonfire with 12 other guys in our backyard. And we're in a you know cute little community, but our the homes are pretty close to each other. Single family, oh but gosh. they're pretty close. Is they're not like okay. Just like a disclaimer, is it? Yes, everyone's okay. okay. Everyone's the okay. House still like yes, standing? everything's still standing. Okay, so great. he puts the kids down. I you know I have two little ones. He puts them down, and they all come over around nine o'clock. Twelve guys in the neighborhood. I'll walk over, you know, and he's um about about two hours later. Our neighbor, who's literally. 12 to 15 feet away from us, comes over and says, hey, guys are really loud. Um, I have some people over. Um, can you just kind of keep it down? And, you know, and these are folks that we know well. They're really nice people. And my husband said, I'm so sorry, you know, and um, we will. We'll try to keep it down. And he's like, I'm really sorry, um, Brian. And the guy's name's Bruce, you know. And <laughs> we know that. We know the, our neighbors. And, and, you know, my husband's pie had like, couple purpose, to be honest. And, you know, just got a little confused. So, you know, this is our neighbor, right? This is literally, we live, we're not going anywhere. Right. So <laughs> my husband tells me this story and I'm like, oh my God. So what's interesting, where are my stories beyond it being entertaining? Um, this is where I want to tell the story. So, so the next day comes around and, and he says to me, he's like, I should do something. So he asked a couple guys, the day after what he should do, because, you know, they were there with him and they heard what happened. And of course he asked me and I gave him my opinion, but it's interesting to hear hmm. like different perspectives from these guys. Oh. A couple guys, a couple guys were like, what did they say? And you don't like have to here. go. Yeah. You don't have to go over there and apologize. Oh. He should come over and apologize to you. Let him go pound sand. A couple of these guys that, you know, are just, I don't know. That's what their opinion was. Okay. And a couple other guys that are, are probably uh, more, more, more my speed um, said, you need to go over there. Absolutely go over there immediately and just say how sorry you are and, and just kind of clean up, you know, so your neighbor, you know, we were loud. And it's yeah. just so interesting how people have different perspectives based on who they are and, and where they come from and not to judge anyone. Yeah. So here's what, of course, my husband was leaning towards, of course, doing that, you know, but he just was curious to hear the guy's opinions. So later, I want the, the punchline of this. He goes over there. Of course, now I have a good story to tell. He goes over there and brings a really nice bottle of wine. He's like, should I, what should I bring? I'm like, bring a bo nice bottle of wine. Everyone loves wine. Oh, I love wine, but I would love a bottle of wine. <laughs> bring a bottle of wine and just to say how sorry you were and just, you know, just clean up. It's the right thing to do. So he goes over there. Yeah. Opens the door oh. and and the neighbor was like, I am so glad you came over. That's like, oh God. He was like, I don't know what he was gonna do. He's like, I gotta tell you something. And he had a he had a six-pack of beer for Matt. So he's oh. like, I was gonna bring this over to you because I was really sorry about me coming over a little abruptly and just, you know, I, I don't think I really said it really nicely to you that evening. So they just kind of exchanged some laughs. Booze. They, exchange they exchanged booze. some booze. Okay. And I just say that because you know, we, we come from like a, a place of just like, hey, this is what's come out. I'm cleaning up with people, not just because it was our neighbor, but it's the right thing to do. You know, he yeah. was loud and his 12 neighbors were very loud and it was 11 o'clock in the evening. So I, I, I just come from the place of go with your instincts in life. And I know women do this very well, but I, how wonderful that he was ready to give Matt a second. He went in his fridge and he's like, I got this for you too. Like, how great was that versus Matt? taking the other road of saying, you know what, you know, it's a Saturday night. What's the big deal? And, and so I just think how wonderful it is to come from a place of like cleaning up with people, giving people a benefit of the doubt. And we need to continually do that. How justified or not justified we are and how I'm really proud of my husband for doing that and how wonderful of an exchange that he was ready to give my husband something. So I just I wanted to say that I think women overall do that well, but sometimes we get our feelings hurt and we're justified and we don't take that extra step. And that was awkward for him to go over there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, Can you come? I'm like, I'm not going with you. You got to clean this mess <laughs> up. You're going there for yourself. 
I'm not going there with you. I'm not apologizing. I wasn't even here. So I just think we need to make sure we're cleaning up with people and, and taking the high road. And we all need to be reminded of that because our egos come into play. So that's my story for the day. Well, I, I you know, I commend Matt. If you're listening to this, I commend <laughs> you for really being vulnerable and 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 taking it and and taking a time to breathe, deep breathe with people that you you trust and love, this experience got a lot of information because now he knows also how other people will react and who, who yeah. is playing the sand with. Absolutely. Uh, not judging it, but it, it is just good, good information. And then trusting his instincts as well, because I think that there's a lot of pressure, especially on men to to just go with the like black and white and not trust yeah. their, their instincts. And uh, go for it. So proud of you, man. Go tell him that because he doesn't listen to the podcast. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Janelle, without further ado, what's that? Is it okay if I ask something? Because absolutely, I'm really big on relationships, and I tell people my investing strategy is is relationship based. Because I tell people real estate investing is not just the money; it's about the relationships. So it is really important that you appreciate your relationships and you nurture them. And one of the things that you do to nurture them is like admit when you're wrong, you apologize because it really makes people feel so much better. They feel like they matter, and when they continue to feel like they matter, they also um, exchange the same feeling with you. They, they want to make sure you matter too. And because they, they mutually felt that way, it, it, it made it even better that they're like, oh, I'm so relieved that you care how I feel. I'm relieved yeah. that, you know, it goes both ways. And for people who are the opposite and they're like, you know, who cares about how he feels? It's like you cut off so many good people that way. Yeah that it really Agreed. hurts in the long run. So always nurture relationships, make sure people are okay. Sometimes things are just a misunderstanding. Yeah. Sometimes people are going through things and you don't know and they take it out on you. So just be the bigger person and appreciate your relationship and extend that that, that leaf. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and that's probably one of your recipes of how you've grown your portfolio. So great, great segue. Um, Janelle, we always like to kind of kick things off with the women we have on our show is just to, you know, have them share a little bit about what, what got them into this business? What propelled them to uh, begin investing? And so, yeah, if you don't mind, please share a little bit about your your journey. I started out as a chemical engineer. And um, the same year I started working, my dad had a duplex that was going up for, for share sale and to be demolished because it had violations on it. So I kind of got thrown into it because I decided to try and save it. And uh I was, I actually hadn't graduated when this whole debacle started and I got a student loan to pay back the back taxes. And then after I started working, I got, I used a credit card to pay for the violations to stop the, the, to get the violations fixed so it wouldn't get demolished. So that was how I kind of got thrown into it. But, um, it was kind of a long process. I was only 22 at the time. I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was just kind of just taking the steps as I went along. Um, at one point I didn't really know what to do after I got those things fixed. I spent about $10,000 on this house and it was, a, it was a total renovation. And no one around me was doing real estate. Um, my dad wasn't in, in position to help me and I was going to sell it. And I got an offer for about $45,000 and I was surprised I could, because I, as soon as I told my grandmother, she found me a, a buyer for $45,000. And it made me think like, this is worth 45000 and it made me think twice because, you know, if he had offered me 20000 for it, it would have been sold. My life would be completely different. But because he offered me forty five, and had and, and made me have a second thought, I decided to keep it. I was like, let me keep this thing and figure out what why this thing is worth money in its condition to this other investor. So that's what I did. Um, after I decided to keep it, I came across someone who um, actually has a house around the corner and they got a, a home equity loan. They did a drive-by appraisal and she got out like $60,000. I was like, oh my God, this is my answer. I'm going to fix up the outside of the house and get a drive-by appraisal. And that's exactly what I did. If they had drones back then, I would have been in trouble because if they flew over it, they would have seen all the holes and all the, <laughs> the walls falling down the back. <laughs> um, so I got a home equity loan. Um, I didn't realize that I had liens. I had an old mortgage on it. I had an old water bill. I had all kinds of stuff on it that um, they wound up taking most of the money from the loan. And I, I was, had $20,000 left over. And it was just enough for me to get some jack leg to come in and fix 
I had the regular contractor drama, you know, he stopped working, things weren't done right, but I eventually got through it and I put my two Section 8 tenants in there and immediately I started cash on $700 and I saw what that investor saw on that property and immediately I, I learned about the power of estate investing. Wow. You mean when you look at this deal, it looks like when your hair gets a lot of, a lot of like knots. They're like, huh, should I just cut it and like let go? Yeah. Or should I just brush yeah. it one knot at the time? I am very curious, like how that deal propelled you or was the first step to your next investment? Well, once that happened like, and I got the $700 a month in cash flow, I found another duplex and did the same thing again. And it cash flowed $900. It wasn't exactly the same. I got an FHA loan. It was only $60,000. I put down like $2,200 because I put down 3%. I got a sales assist. So, and then I paid like every two weeks, every time I got paid, I just paid someone to just do work. So it took a long time. It took like maybe six to nine months to get this thing. And it wasn't, it was like a cosmetic, but I still didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know if I was paying too much or too little based off of what these people were charging me. I don't know. But at the end of that uh, session, I started catching on $900. And I was like, this is definitely something I could do. I've done repeated it. I'm going to figure this out. But um, at that time, I was still living at my grandmother's. I was uh, paying her $200 a month in rent. And I was dating a guy. He like convinced me I needed to move out. I would have stayed there. I would have stayed there and kept buying properties if it wasn't for him. But anyway, um, I bought uh, another house around the corner from my job. I, I would have gotten a duplex there, but they didn't really have that many around there. But I got another house. I moved in and my mortgage was so low. One of the houses paid for us. Like, all right, great. So I haven't taken a step back because I'm still cash flowing on this other house and I still have my work income and now I can get my my fourth property. But I hit a roadblock where, you know, even though on paper I can obviously afford it because of how they do the calculations and that the income, I could not qualify for another loan. So I hit a huge roadblock. So the next property, I actually, uh, it was my, my great aunt's. And she was moving, she was older. And so I assumed her debts. I assumed her debts too. And then I got a credit card to do the repairs. I got approved for $8,000 on my credit card. And that's how much I spent to fix it. If I needed much more than that, but I did a lot of work myself. She had a wood paneling, I just painted the wood paneling. She had a drop ceiling, I just painted the drop ceiling. Um, but I got that done. And because of her mortgage, this was in the, the subprime times, she had a countrywide mortgage. Her interest rate was 27%. Her loan what? was only, yes, 27%. Boom. Her loan was only for $30,000, but her payment, $10 on every payment went towards the principal. It was insane. Wow. Yeah, so because of that, I was like, I have to get another loan. I got to do something. And mm. I could not get any kind of refinance loan. I couldn't qualify for anything. So I called my friend who actually took a $6,000 um, real estate mentorship. I said, how are these guys getting these loans? Because I can't get approved. I can obviously afford it. And he said that they get commercial loans. So he told me to call TD Bank and get a commercial loan. And that's what I did. I, I, that was like my first burr. I didn't really realize what I was doing. But, you know, back then I got a refinance loan. Um, it appraised for $70,000. So I got to pay off that loan. And then I got like an additional 30, um, like additional 20 something. So I got to pay off that credit card too. And I had this extra cash and I was like, oh my gosh, I figured it out commercial loans plus my credit cards. And it started like a whole nother strategy of how I started investing in it. And it really opened my eyes to um, a whole nother way with the commercial loans and credit cards. And then I discovered hard money lenders. And then, then it was like a wrap, I put my job after that, but um, we can move on to that slowly. I, I love what you're saying, though. And I want to put like a, a quote unquote, a pause over here to explain something to the ladies that are listening. Um, and I, I, I learned that and it didn't make too much sense to me, but it is what it is. So basically, uh, the bank, the residential side of the bank, don't talk, don't know anything about what's going on, on the commercial side of the bank. So if you go to your regular person on the residential side and say, can you tell me more about commercial loans and how can I uh, buy a property under my company's uh, name? They're not, they're going to look at you as if you're like, has like three eyes, like 
what are you talking about? So talk to the right side of the bank and don't get confused with the terminology of commercial loan. It's not for commercial properties. And that's right. why I think a lot of people get confused. No, what are you talking about commercial loan? That sounds like big, big amounts. And, and for commercial, it isn't. You can get a commercial loan for a single family house. That means that it's going to be under your company's name. And the numbers work a little different than other ones. Usually, we are on September 2021, so things might change, right? Things might change. So, but usually it's like 75% loan to value in construction. You might get 100% of the construction there. Mm -hmm. And during the construction process, you pay interest only. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But you have other, other loans too, like portfolio loans and other things that focus on the asset, not necessarily it, it, in you. Of course, many of them, if you're building relationships, going back to relationships, right, Janelle? If you're building relationships with some, some banks or lenders, they want you to have skin in the game, um, to, to have an interest reserve account, to personal personal guarantee. So it's not like one formula fits all. Your finances, your background, what's going on around you will impact how to do that. I like what Janelle is saying because she asked the right questions. Okay, I this is my situation. I hit my limit here. Now my question is, I'm sure other people also hit their limit. So how are they doing it? How... And that is the question that we need to ask ourselves many times during our real estate journey. How can I do it? It's not like, can I do this? Yeah. Oh, but figure, out a way. There's a way. figure it out a way, right? Because that's the way that we'll propel other, don't need to invent the wheel. Nope. Ask questions and ask, and going back to what you said about the relationship. Having the courage to ask others. Mm -hmm. To me, you save a lot of times and headaches. Mm -hmm. And women, for the women out there, they'll love to do things, you know, by yourselves, figure uh -huh. out by yourselves. Mm -hmm. Right, Janelle? Isn't it like this? What? Like, I don't care. I'm just going to ask the questions, get the information, and move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's why you also have to be giving with your information too. It works both ways. It's it's yes. best relationships give information and, and you get it. If you definitely hurt more if you try to, to do this in secret. So yeah. Janelle, talk a little bit more about this. And I think I'm gonna emphasize this a lot because on our community, we hear a lot of women saying, oh, can you mentor me? Or can you, can you, I need X, Y, and Z. And they don't get any response because they are not thinking about what's, what they can offer to the other, other, other person. They are really looking to yeah. what can I get instead of what I can also give. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about that. So I, I'm I'm torn right now because I've always been someone who will give information very freely, but I realize that I need to check that because there's people who will waste your time. So I try to just make sure I talk to people who are who are definitely in the mindset that they can receive it. So I I will still help people for free, um, but I just need to make sure that they're in that receiving mindset. They have to have accountability and to know that they have control over life. If you're still in the, like a blame game thing. Um, I probably don't waste my time, but if you're someone who receives the information and you take charge and you take action, then I will continue to try to help you. Because um, I, I really feel like a lot of what we're missing is information. And if I can give it to you and you are receptive and, and you'll use it, I will, I will help you. But for the most part, um, people are charging because we don't know who is going to suck our information and drain us because it is draining to mentor people because a lot of times we really care we want you to be successful so you can't waste this energy on people who um are not going to use it wisely it's also about adding value to other people right it's like a, it is a two-way street yeah. um you know and I, I i've gotten emails just like people just start asking like literally 90 questions i'm like 
Wow, that's a lot. I mean, and, and listen, we have a, a women's community to empower women, right? So that's my that's my context. That's my purpose. That's my mission. But it's I'm also in the context of everything. Else. I'm still pretty early, so I don't get bombarded yet. And yeah, yeah. At a time, like I'll answer general questions. I'm not going to go and try to figure out your situation. But if you have like a general thing, like how yeah. is it done, I will tell you. But I'm not going to figure out your, your personal situation. Yeah, but it's coming from a space of like you know, give and take there's a level of give and take. And, and you can write emails that way. You can message people that way. It's different than like, hey, I have these questions and you demand people to help you. Like, yeah. people are going to really want to help you. I ask questions back before What's that? I answer. I, I usually ask right. people's questions back. I want to know questions. what they have done so far, what homework they have done, what, what, what they, because when people, too broad of a question, yeah. it means that, okay, Dump all the training that you received and all the you're experiencing to me in 10 minutes so I can cut that time. But I want to know, like, listen, I, I've done this. I watched this. I read that. I felt that I hit this roadblock. And my question is that. Yeah. that I'm That's excited to have that person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to circle back a little bit on the credit, the credit card uh, conversation, because um, I don't share this much. I don't, I'm just, I don't know if you know this, but we used a, um, a number of credit cards to flip houses early on, me and Matt. And um, I, I want to, like with any money, you have to use it with, you have to be careful, right? Yeah. Obviously using a credit card, like in this space is something to be careful on. Um, I'm grateful that we did it. I'm grateful we paid it off. And I'm grateful for all those things. Because quite honestly, it was it was a couple of projects that we did well with. So propelled us, definitely. But um, I just want to mention really quickly, um, and that was a different time too. That was 2006. Um, so it was definitely before the first market crash. So I, that helped us to be able to do that. But my point though is with any money that needs to get paid back, a HELOC, home equity line of credit, a line of credit, credit card, again, they're not all created equal, but they're all those like floating, that they're money to float projects so you can... At the end, whether it's a refinance or a sale, you're going to pull that money out. So if you don't have that exit strategy, it's just a core rental property, and you don't know how you're going to get that money paid back, that's when those vehicles are tougher to use. And that's that we've done that. We've used lines of credit on long-term assets wrongfully. You know, not that we're, you know, so I just want to put a pin in that for the ladies. They're tools, but again, those exit strategies become really important. What do you, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to have a plan. You got to have a construction crew that you know that you trust, that's going to be done on time, that you can refinance when you're done and pay everything back. Know your values, know your, your numbers for refinance. Don't be, be conservative with your numbers too. Yeah. So know for a fact that, and be there for the appraisal. Like there's a strategy to get an appraisal. <laughs> so do all those things and make sure you get your values, refinances, and you can pay them back. Well, yeah. that's a good segue. And, and you touch on a very um, topic, a special topic, for me, because I think that that is that is the point. You did you did a beautiful job on the renovation. You select beautiful finishes, but then the appraisal, right? That is the part that you're like you're like sizzling the deal, basically, yeah, isn't like, it? You're not like convincing people or anything. You are just guiding them and showing them this is all the work that was done over here. Mm-hmm. You show professionalism. Show I like showing the house and showing everything you take pride of it not not being there during the walkthrough or not having somebody from your team if you is out of state being there I think it's just a missing opportunity so I'm curious to hear from you like what are your tricks like share the secret sauce over here what do you do in order to 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 get your money back at the end of like a refide what do you do well, first of all, you know, I do rentals and I do them in mostly C neighborhoods. So I don't put a lot of high-end finishes. Really what matters is the presentation and, and the perception of your face. Yes. So um, I don't put in granite countertops, but, you know, everything is painted, everything is clean. And I do stage it a little bit. I will put plants and hang up pictures and make sure it smells good. Like it's not musty or anything like that because it really is all about the perception. So the appraisal walks in there and most of my properties are like triplexes and stuff. So they gotta be focused on drawing out the thing. So they don't really pay attention to detail that much. 
and I show them the comps of what I want. So I like, you have to frame it. You got to frame it. So the comps, nice presentation, and I pretty much get uh, what you're looking for. Love that. Um, and, and it's so important, right? It's like, you have to be a stand for your own projects. And I think that's something that all of us women have to write on just a get and own and just become, because if not, no one's going to be looking out for you the way you need to look out for your own projects. Yeah, we're going to mind your money too. So well, that-, that is something that I don't think if I can be present there, that is something that I wouldn't delegate, right? Not if it's like the house is like in, I am in Philadelphia, the house is, you know, another five hours away from me, then I wouldn't be there, but I would definitely have somebody that represents me. But that's something that if I am able, that's where I would like to really be there. That's where I would like to shine and build that relationship. I, I treat appraisers like, you know, when you're going to get a vaccine or, or, or something. And then I don't want the person's like the nurses experience with the previous person to affect me. Right. I don't know if I already told you this list. I engage conversation with the nurses all the time. I just feel that I don't want their perception or situation that happened before for them to have a heavy hand when they are like, taking, you know, getting my blood or, or, and I feel the appraiser is the same thing. Mm -hmm. They go, listen, it's not like a pretty job. Like, right. They were kind of like, yeah, let me go to like certain houses. Like, so how can I make their job quote unquote easier or more pleasant? And, and the pictures, the more that you are very clear about that, because one of the things that you know, older appraisers, I don't know, Janelle, if you have experienced that, they come with their little cameras and they're mm-hmm. like, tick, 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 tick. I was like, yep. how yep. do you know? Like, which, which, which one is what? So I send them certain pictures too. And I tell them, this is like a triplex or this is a three bedroom and two bath. Because this is one of the things that mistakes that happened to me in the past. I got a, for, it was for a single family house and the appraisal came back lower. So I was going to appeal. So I request the, um, the appraisal report and, and the person missed an entire bedroom. So instead of three bedroom house was a two bedroom house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, they are human beings. They're going to, to make mm-hmm. mistakes. The question is, how can I, as the honored investor over here, uh, deliver the information to them in a in a in a matter that it's not overwhelming but it makes their their job easier so we can really like sizzle the deal over here and get our money back that's the goal mm-hmm. agreed right? yeah whenever agreed. you want someone to help you you give them everything to help you say that again Janelle Whenever you need someone to help you, give them everything they need to help you. Don't make them work for it. So if you give them what they need, they'll probably just use it, especially as appraisers. They have a lot of appraisals these days. So if you can make their job easier, they will probably just go whatever you have. And if it's like way off, but for the most part, just be, be reasonable and, and give them everything they need, which is like the description, the square foot, and the comps. Love that. I think that that's a same- hashtag that's a t-shirt. Like if you want to help them, like give them everything that they need to help you. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> I see that. like, a- <laughs> But it's a great concept for everyone, especially like with bankers, people that are like calling lenders yeah. and they call lenders and they, you know, they're seeking, you know, right now, right? Financing deals is really important. And it always is if you're in this business and whether you're doing with private money or creative financing, but working with banks at some point as you grow is going to happen. It's just the nature of, of this business on some level um, for most people. And so many times I hear, especially like a lot of, you know, men and women calling lenders and they're like making the lenders work to piecemeal their financial statement or like, I mean, we have like a folder, like literally that we send and our finance, we just keep updating our finance at this point. It's just, we're updating it as we buy or sell. And um, we know what they're going to ask. Doing this, even if it's one time, we've obviously done it many times. We've been doing this a long time, but we know what they're going to ask be prepared. How, how, and it's also what's the reflection on you. Mm-hmm. You get an appraiser that gets that or a banker, that's going to be someone they want to work with. 
right? That's they're going to take that person seriously. Yet so many people make lenders and people work for them. And that's not the way it should work. You're not going to, you're not going to shine. Going back back to Matt and the bottle of wine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. How they see the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Right. How they see, okay, what's my role over here? What's their role over here? But if we want, as Janelle, you beautifully said, we want people to work with us, to, to help us. I really need to elevate what I believe is a healthier relationship mm-hmm. because it's going to just either go get better and better moving forward. They're going to answer your emails. They're going to answer your, your um, calls when, yep. when you need, because it's a pleasant experience mm-hmm. and they know that with you, they're not going to have to really drag to get the information they need to move the loan moving forward. So just going back, I think it's all about the relationship in every single situation with appraiser, mm-hmm. with um, with the with the lender, with with partnerships. Mm-hmm. It's so, all about how you see yourself. Number one, how I don't know if it's how you see yourself. It's how you are. Yeah, yeah. does that make sense? And then I, how I, you present yourself to 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 others. Absolutely. And I, I want to ask Janelle what some of your secret sauce has been, because I actually did a run with Liz recently. And I talked about building relationships with brokers, you know, commercial brokers, if you're looking to do more multifamily or get into multifamily and how important that is. And um, and I, I thought it was very interesting, a couple of questions around, well, what does that look like? Like specifically, like if you're going to really drill that down, I don't think anyone would disagree. Building relationships is important, right? That's that's not like wow, and there are you know people are like oh, I've never heard of that before, but they've heard of that, they understand that, they would even say I agree with that. Yeah. But the how part is not always as clear, and some people do it very naturally, yeah. some people don't do it naturally, so they have to almost create like a strategy for themselves. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, what have you done to do so, that um, ongoing I'm communication? Introvert. You're what introvert? Okay. So- I think naturally we are good listeners. And I think that's one of the things in relationships, being an active listener, actually listening to people, giving them feedback and not like being all about you and yourself and just talking all the time. So if you're an active listener, you actually listen to people and, um, you know, just just be like a, a real person, <laughs> you know, make comments on what's going on in your life, show up to different events, speak, say hi, engage. I think all that. Um, oh, and and if, if you connect people to other people, that also helps, too, because then they help connect you as well. So it's all about relationships and being an active listener and, and a good person and, and showing up for things like um, this guy who I got a loan from. He has a, a um, it's, it's Ken Weinstein on the if you're familiar, um, he sent out an email. He's doing like a basketball thing next week. And I'm like, you know what? We should go. So it was just about, and, and the tickets are expensive. It's a fundraiser. So we're going to go and support. So, and that's kind of what it's all about, you know, being present and supporting people's different engagements and things like that. That's a great I, tip. I, I like that a lot because as an introvert, right, we always, oh my gosh, do, do I need to call who? Do I need to, to, to meet who? What have you found, right? Let's say uh, there are the ladies that are listening, they are uh, looking to expand their connections with other lenders. As you mentioned, they only had experience with the residential side and now they, they, they tapped out and they want to get connected with the commercial side of the bank. What would you say are the first steps that they should consider before just emailing a random lender and say, hey, can we talk? The best thing is to tap your network. Um, One of the first things I tell people when they they want to get started in real estate, go to your local meetups and investment clubs. And just if if you don't like to talk to people, like I don't like just connect with one person, sit at a table and just have a conversation. And they usually know all the lenders. They know the wholesaler. They know everyone. They can connect you with everyone. So talk to different people and get recommendations that way. It's, It's just easiest with word of mouth. Yeah. It's like always, it's like the, the, the obvious things are sometimes the simplest things and sometimes the things that don't come to our mind. Right. You know, and it's really going to people that trust, like, and respect you also is a great place, but you know, it's, it just, who do you, you know, it just kind of starts there. I love that. Um, you know, I want to just shift gears, um, and get your insight into, um, and I know it's probably a big topic, but I'd love to get your initial insight around, 
all the programs that you've used. You've built a very, you know, large, you know, portfolio now. And you've used a lot of these different programs from Section 8, right, to veteran housing programs. So, you know, if the women listening also want to expand their portfolio by serving people and also using some of these programs, what's a place to start? Because it could feel a little daunting. It could feel a little like they're not too sure where to start sometimes. Um, And there's so many great social impact pieces of that too, which, you know, um, is, is important to so many women. So I'm curious to get your insight into um, the programs and and just where to start. It's a a win-win with those programs. Um, What first drew me to them was the automatic payments, but I realized that they have, there's so many other benefits and it it benefits everyone. So um, I think the easiest thing to do is to Google like the housing authority in your county. So you say housing authority county and it's a voucher holder program because it was called Section 8, now they call it voucher holder. So that's kind of how you find how you find your county. And then you can find out how to be a landlord. And then you just market your property on the affordable housing website. It used to be called Go Section 8. Now it's called affordable housing. So that's how that's how you get started. Um, but you know, using the birth strategy, it uses a lot of um, leverage and debt. And I know one of people's biggest fears is the tenants not paying. And that has been what saved me through COVID. That's what saved me through everything. Because I built my portfolio strictly off of leverage. I quit my job after eight years. Um, my average salary is about $60,000. And so I had done all this with loans. And the way I can confidently doing it is, is knowing I have this guaranteed rent from Section 8. And when you list yourself on these, these marketing websites, other agencies will contact you. So I work with several agencies, not just Section 8 to um to rent to a long time of the money is automatic and usually um the portion that gets paid by whatever agency is enough to cover the mortgage and all the expenses so i can relax but you know that's the first part of how you get started but to stay on it is again with relationships you have to have a good relationship with your tenant um i really treat them like my client you know i fix up the house i keep the house nice they pay me for it and when I work with agents, when I work with government agencies, I make sure that they know, just like with the nurse, that I'm not like the last person they did, that they talk to. I ask them how they're doing. Say, I know these people are crazy sometimes. <laughs> and, um, and you know, we, we all have a relationship. We're all here to help each other. They, I need them just as much as, as they need me. So we all work together. Um, people make mistakes. Don't take things personally. People have their own experiences. People don't know everything that you know. So just give everyone a chance. You know? Yeah, it could be be really rewarding. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Yeah, and I love that too, just from a a networking perspective. I know for 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 us, like you start to get to know a couple of organizations and you rebuild these relationships, they may know of other buildings. They may yeah. know of other resources. They may know may know other programs coming down the pike yeah. that could be um, a win-win, 
right? Serving the community, serving the tenant and creating, creating the, um, you know, the, the, the income in terms of, of rental income, which you, you need to make, make yes. all this, this work for, for us as, as landlords. I can't tell you how important that is. And so many people sometimes see it as more of like, oh, they're paying, you know, it's, it's, it's a relationship and they can be really help. They usually know everyone and know they're very connected in the communities or organizations, hands down. You know, a lot of a lot of them are, especially the nonprofits. So they become yeah. almost like partners. Yeah, and, and who knows where that goes? So I just want to put it, make a yeah, note. Yeah, there's a grant for this. You can get money for that. And it's like they all want to help you. It's like there's so much money out here. I feel like there's no reason for anyone to be broke because there are so many opportunities. You just have to make relationships and just follow through. It's here. Just go get it. <laughs> I I really want to highlight what you mentioned about your tenants that you you. You call them clients. Yeah. It's a really powerful statement because it changed the relationship completely, right? Yeah. They're like tenants. It sounds like all oh, this like dragging people that yeah. we're doing them a favor. What do you mean? You need our conditioner? Well, open your window. That type of <laughs> behavior, right? Uh, <laughs> was it another discussion in a in a Facebook group? And um, that was exactly the situation. Somebody didn't uh, needed a um, AC. Mm-hmm. It was broken. And again, like the the person asked, like, what what should I do? The technician cannot come right now. What you know is going to take a little bit of time. And the 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 differences of responses, right, was completely like polarized. One was like. Well, welcome to reality. Open your windows and figure it out. The other one was like, well, wait, but if you are in certain states where the temperature ah, is too high, yeah. you can yeah. die. There yeah. are elderly people, there's children, uh-huh. you know, it's a different story. It doesn't cost too much to go to Home Depot and get oh. like a, a, a unit for you to put in the window and take care of your tenants. So mm-hmm. it was really like, like Matt's friends, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go back exactly. then. But it's how, what you were saying here, if you look, if that shifts, mm-hmm. if you look at your tenants as clients, mm-hmm. which I really love it, Airbnb, I think it's quote unquote easier to to, to look at them as clients, yeah. but long-term rental, it's a little bit different. It really, it changed the relationship that you have with, with them and how you approach it. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, it's, so- it's really powerful. Yeah, so even though I don't put in a granite countertop, I give them good service and I make sure that they're comfortable. So when it comes to having heat or, or, or air, I do make sure that they are comfortable. Those are the things that I have learned that matters more to tenants. It's a really good point. We, we do often think, a lot of landlords think it's all about the amenities. And while that's important, just service being level. taken care of. Yeah, service is everything. I mean, think about your own life. Um, I would so much rather, right, someone being able to be, like Johnny on the spot on something versus the highest quality, hands down, you yeah. know? So yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. Um, I love this, Janelle. It's very cool. It's um, neat how you, you, you built this literally. And you were like many, many years ago, just like the light bulb went on, like, hold on, there's value here. Yeah. You know, and I think just to circle it back and then we'll have you share a little about where the ladies can learn about, but all of us being aware of like, you know, when we're aware and consciously aware of what we're doing, there's opportunities everywhere. And you stopped and said, hold on, if this investor is willing to pay this, How are they? Yep. Oh, let yeah. me look at this a little differently. Now look at the trajectory that le- led you on. And now you have an eight figure, you know, portfolio and, and, and thriving. So kudos to you, kudos to you for, for that. And kudos to you for, you know, following the little steps. It changed my life. I mean, just awesome. Even though I may have paid more than what it was worth at the time, um, what I gained from it was the perspective of real estate. And I tell people, like, just get your first property, get in there, get it, just yep. so you can yep. see how much money you can make and how yep. not hard it is. Because people, I mean, parts of it, you have to buy right is the most important part. Contractors can be a headache. But for the most part, once you get in there and you can really see it, it really motivates you to keep going. So I, I try yeah. to encourage you to just get started. I love that. I love that because it's, you know, just, so many people want to like hit the grand slam. They want to make like $500 a door and just like get this, get this like premier property underway. 
quite honestly, it's more important than getting getting it done is more important than how much money you make. Because by just by that, right, you're going to be propelled. We don't want you to lose money. But even if you do lose money, you won't lose it again and you'll learn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so very cool. Um, Janelle, where can the ladies listening learn more about you and, uh, you know, follow along in your journey? I, I post a lot on Instagram of um, like what's going on with my contractors, my tenants. Uh, I've been teaching a lot about real estate and, um, and estate planning. I'm, I'm big on estate planning. Uh, on Instagram, my handle is J-H-A-N-E-L. Wilson. And then I have a website, jhanielwilson.com, where it's kind of in beta mode, but I'm trying to get it together. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, Janelle, what's the most transformational book you ever read? Um, transformational. I, I read a, I've read a lot of good books. I think the ones I like the most are relationship based. So how to win friends and influence people. I think everyone should read that book, read it over and over and over again until it becomes you. I think that's the biggest one. Awesome. The second question is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Right now, my life is pretty unbalanced. Um, <laughs> it's really because of COVID and I have three young kids. So having the three young kids and, uh, the big projects that I had really hard at the time, but uh, I think prayer meditation is very important. It helps you stay grounded and helps you kind of separate your emotions from like how you physically feel. Great. Last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Um, I think my aunt, my aunt is really a good person and I feel like she just lives life. She goes to weddings and dances. She'll get up in the middle of the night and, and, uh, watch your kids if you're off to have a baby. So it's just like, she, she's a Johnny on the spot and, uh, she's reliable. She's intelligent. She taught me about credit as I was young. She told me, uh, if, it, if it's between eating and you paying your credit card bill, you pay your credit card bill. And that's <laughs> so I, I really respect her. She retired from her job at 50. She's traveling. She has a convertible song. I, I, I really um, look up to her. That's great. It's great to have people like that in our life. That's like these shining examples of like, you know, especially women who yeah. have that fire inside of them. Right. Um, Janelle, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing your uh, journey with, with us and some great tips and, and ideas around all, you know, propelling us right on the path of financial freedom. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Take care, ladies. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.